said you're critics. Again, you're being an activist. I am not. That's not appropriate, sir. If you who are you with? What's your name? That's an appropriate question for you to ask. I do. I you're going to ask how many questions? You get three. Good morning, Liberty lovers, Liberty Curious, and anyone else tuning in to Friendly Fire. If you're watching live, then let me especially thank you for tuning in so early. This show is dedicated to interviewing libertarian candidates running for office and only libertarian candidates. As the name suggests, candidates will be asked tough questions, but as a fellow libertarian, I'm not here to make them look foolish or fail. I'm raising the bar for interviewing candidates as well as the expectation for our candidates. The Libertarian Party is the largest, the third largest, apologies, third largest political party in the United States and the only viable option to compete with the big two. I mentioned last week that I was making a change and moving this show to not one, not two, but three times per week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning. Candidates are still reaching out and I wanted to get as many as I can on before the November election. I also want to inform Libertarian Party members what the candidate landscape looks like. Now, in this episode, Tommy Brown, Libertarian candidate for County Commissioner District 2 in Indiana, was scheduled to be on. Unfortunately, a personal matter has taken him away this morning, so he is unable to be here. We will try and get that rescheduled ASAP. Instead, since I'm doing the now three days per week, I want to kick off this added weekly shows by discussing candidates by region. I've divided the U.S. into four regions, as you can see here. Boom. There we go. Look at that beautiful map of the United States. So I've got four regions here. We're going to call it the uh, we're just going to call it the the West and the Midwest, the Northeast and the Southeast. Today, I'm going to focus on the Southeast that's there in red. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the candidates that they have available. I'm not going to name all of the candidates. There's way, way too many candidates. But I'm going to talk about some of the candidate numbers that we have by state. And I also want to kind of compare that to uh, some of the, the delegate numbers, the delegate allocations that we had in the last national convention that was back in May. And the reason that I'm doing this, a lot of times people will like to make an argument and they'll say, well, you know, the Libertarian Party is not doing so well, or, you know, this isn't good, or that isn't good, or this is great, or that is great. At the end of the day, we need to have something to compare against. Now, we don't really have anything to compare against. I don't have data from uh, years prior. However, what I'm going to do is, like I said, I'm going to take the allocations of delegates per state and I'm going to say this is the number of, uh, of delegates that we had allocated. That doesn't necessarily mean the numbers that were actually seated. That just means the numbers that were allocated to each state. And then here are the number of candidates that that are currently on the on the ballot that are currently listed and running for those particular states. And then we're just going to kind of look at them as a matter of a ratio of, of one number to the other. Now, you can make all kind of arguments and say, okay, well, DL, that doesn't, you know, that's not the best way to compare things. I get it. We could, we could have that argument all day long about what numbers we should use and should compare against. However, it's my show. So I'm just going to do it by the candidates and by delegates. Now, let's talk about the delegates real quick. 
the way that it works, the delegates in each state are determined by the number of people that are registered Libertarian Party members and also members of the National Party. And there's a particular calculation. We're not going to go into that here, but there's a calculation that goes into it. And there's a deadline for which each state affiliate has to have those numbers, um, has to have those registrations in or, or those members in. And then once that deadline hits, the national party does all the calculations and they say, you get this many, uh, you get this many allocated delegates and you get this many. And then at the individual state conventions, then when they, then what they do is they, um, they figure out how they're going to identify which members of their state party will represent them at the national party. So you might have, for instance, a particular state that has 50 delegates based on the calculation. And then at their state convention, though, they may be able to fill in, say, 48 of those for whatever reason. And sometimes the reason that the numbers, uh, the allocations may not match the numbers that are seated is because it can be a bit of a hardship financial, financially and time-wise. Um, and then, you know, along with people's you know, regular daily lives to travel over to the national convention. But anyway, all that aside, let's zoom in here on the, on, on the southeastern portion here. So we're going to bring that up. All right. So these are the states that we're going to focus on today. And to tell you, so, so I've, I've already told you how we got the delegate counts or the, the allocated uh, delegate counts. Now, let me tell you where I got this information that I'm going to be showing you here in just a moment for the candidates that are running in each one of these particular states. I simply went to the Libertarian Party's website and um, you can go there and you can click on candidates and uh, this little drop down menu. And it'll take you to a little page where you can, uh, it has a map of the United States and you can click on a state and it will show you all of the people that are running. This information may be somewhat inaccurate because it relies, as far as I know, on each state executive committee submitting their candidates. So that relies on a couple of things. And so let's just take Florida, for example. Uh, our Florida chair, Stephen Nakaila, he would be the one responsible for getting that updated information to the National Party. However, it may be on the, um, I, I'm not sure what process each state necessarily has for identifying all of the people that are running in that state. So for Florida um, or Georgia or any of the other states, it may be that the, the executive committee can grab that information from the state, um, you know, or they might have to rely on the candidates themselves submitting that information. I'm not entirely certain. So all that being said, what we've got here is we've got some information that's is to the best of my knowledge accurate. So let's pull up some numbers here real quick. So let's go here and we're going to Bam, there we go. We got some numbers now. So the numbers that you see here, the number is the number in black is going to be the allocated delegates and the number in yellow are is going to be the uh the the number of candidates, known candidates that are running. Now I'm presuming again that all of this information is accurate. It may be off by one or two, but I think that you can pretty much trust that these numbers are what they are. So you see over here in Texas, you see that we've got 74 allocated delegates and then we have 59 people that are running for some office in the state of texas you jump over here to florida and we've got 50 allocated delegates and we've got nine people that are running throughout the state 
Now, what's what what I find interesting about this is the ratio because you've got last week. Remember, I talked about uh, Alabama who had sixty four people running, so they have they have almost almost four times as many, <clears throat> actually more than four times as many people running for office than they had uh, than they had allocated delegates. That's pretty amazing, folks. Uh, but then you have over in, let's say, let's let's see here. Well, let's take my home state of Florida. It looks like we're trailing in, you know, behind a, a little bit because uh, we've got 50 allocated. Uh, we've got 50 allocated delegates. I don't know why I seem to have trouble with those two words, but we have 50 allocated delegates and we only have nine candidates. So Florida folk, we're going to have to step up our game. This is just, we, how are we going to be the best like this? If this no, no. Anyway, beside the point. So taking a look at these numbers, then what I did was I threw them all in a little spreadsheet. I'm not going to pull that up because nobody wants to see a friggin' spreadsheet. Like, geez, we probably, half of us probably see them all day long. But I threw them in a spreadsheet because I wanted to get an idea of where do these, uh, how do they rank? So I did, I did was I just did a ratio. And I said, in that ratio, I said, all right, let's say how many people are running for every every uh, allocated delegate. And the reason I did that is because I know that the allocated delegates is some measurement of party involvement. That's, that's the reason why I chose that number is because I wanted to kind of look at and say, based on the party involvement, how many candidates do they have running? Turns out that uh, the top three states are going to be um, in order, Arkansas, Alabama, and West Virginia. Arkansas with nine delegates, but 55 candidates. That's, that's insane. Nine, nine delegates. And then you came up with 55 candidates. That's, that's cool. That's wild. Uh, Alabama, of course, 13, uh, they're in second place. So they have 13 with, uh, 64 candidates. And then we have West Virginia who has six delegates, but they happen to have eight candidates. So they actually have two more candidates running than they actually, than they had delegates, uh, allocated to them for the last national convention. Then we get to the bottom three. That's going to be um, in order, Mississippi, Florida, and then Georgia. So Mississippi has six delegates, or they had alloc uh, six delegates, six delegates allocated, and they have one candidate. Florida, of course, we have 50 delegates uh, allocated, but only nine candidates. And then Georgia with 34 delegated, uh, delegates allocated. I'm going to get that word. I swear those two words by the end of the show. And then they have eight candidates running. Now, what I'm doing here is not to shame the different states. There could be a multitude of reasons for this, maybe even good reasons, right? But we're just taking a look at the numbers and we wanted to see like, what is, what does the landscape look like? And what I forgot to do, uh, unfortunately, I forgot to count the number of, um, the number of candidates for each area, but we can see that we've got well over 200 because you've got 59 in Texas, you've got 55 in Arkansas. So that puts us over a hundred. Um, then you have Alabama over here with 64. So that gets us uh, over 150 threshold. And then we've got North Carolina with 32. So that's getting us a closer to 200. So then when we add the rest of them in, you can, you can pretty much guarantee that we're, we're looking at just by looking at the numbers here, we can see that we are over 200 candidates just in these states alone. 
So I think that's pretty phenomenal. And I think that's something that we should, as a party, be kind of excited about. Now, again, when we want to compare, if we want to say that's good or bad, we need something to compare against. So when the naysayers come out of the woodworks, and they do, when they come out to criticize and complain and say all kind of things uh, about the party, and, and, and they're always there, they have been, they always have been, they always will be, pay no mind, just ask them, compared to what? What should the numbers be, right? Um, even though I've said, like, say, from my home state of Florida, that we had 50 allocated and only nine, just because 50 is greater than nine doesn't necessarily mean that the nine number is a bad thing. There may be a good reason for that nine. It may be that our sweet spot is 13. And so if we had 16, then it would be absolutely great. And if we had lower than 16, then maybe we're not doing so well. It's hard to say but we have to have a starting point. So this is the starting point, starting with delegate allocations and starting with how many candidates are running. Now, I do want to point out over here in Virginia, we have 39 and zero, and I didn't include them in the top or the bottom. Of course, in this case, it would be the bottom since they have zero. And that's because Virginia had voted to uh, dissolve and the state of the, the, the delegates in or the registered libertarian party members in Virginia and the national party are still working that out. So I've included the numbers. There's zero right now because there's this affiliation issue going on. Uh, they might actually have people that are running. So keep that in mind. It may not actually be zero, but I can only go on the information data set that I have available to me. I don't have anything else available. So that's what we're using, folks. But you can see that we've got West Virginia who had six delegates allocated and they have eight that are running Kentucky with 14 and 10, Tennessee, 21 and six, uh, Mississippi, six and one, Alabama, Let's see who, who I've not named yet. I've not named South Carolina, who had 17 allocated delegates and they have seven candidates. And then Louisiana over here with 12 and five. And I think, oh, I think Oklahoma, I think that's the last one that I have not mentioned at all in this broadcast. And they're going to be at 12 and eight. So what I'm going to do is get the rest of the information for the rest of the U.S. So let me pull that map back up. So on this, here's the map here. And so what we're doing is we're doing the, the southeast, the northeast, the Midwest, and then the west. <clears throat> That's just how I broke it up just to kind of make it easy. Also, I'm going to try to do one, one, each one once per week. Get that out early in the morning. Maybe I should have some more coffee. And what I want to do is, again, just highlight what we've got going on in the Libertarian Party for candidates. I want to highlight the landscape because so, I think that the landscape is pretty good out there. It's 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 not so bad. And, um, you know, again, if we want to have a conversation about could it be better, then we need to have a starting point. So this will be a starting point. Also, I'm really looking at I haven't made the decision just yet. I'm looking at taking a. Um, Taking a day, uh, not a day, but taking November 8th, uh, which I believe is a Tuesday. I'm looking at taking that day off from work and literally running an entire day of broadcast live stream talking about what's going on with the candidates. And this is some of the information that I'll be using. So if, if that's an idea that you think is a good idea, let me know. Uh, because the more support that I have, the more inclined that I'm going to be to do it, of course. 
Uh, I did put out a poll on Twitter. I think it got about 13 or 15 votes uh, with about 80% saying, yep, go ahead and do it. Uh, but I want to make sure that people are going to tune in, not necessarily the whole time, but at least part of the time. Uh, because then it'll make it worth my time to invest in it. And that's the kind of information that I want to put out. And again, um, you know, what we'll do is I've been looking and researching how I can find information about the various candidates, uh, specifically more than just how many. But on that day, if I'm broadcasting all day long on November 8th, then what I would be doing is saying, hey, over here in Texas, here are the races, here are the numbers. And then to the best of my ability, look up historical information and say, hey, you know what, in this particular county or in this particular race, the last time we had these numbers and now we're looking at these numbers, just kind of give us an idea of what's going on with libertarian candidates, because this show is changing it up a little bit. It was all about interviewing libertarian candidates, and I'm still going to be doing that. But now it's also going to be about about talking about libertarian candidates if I don't happen to have one scheduled um, and, and making sure that we get this information out. Because I think the inform more information that we have out about people that are running, the better off we are, uh, the better in a position we're in to go and tell people about the Libertarian Party. I mean, think about it. In a previous broadcast just this morning for our affiliate, I pointed out that our affiliate was... Uh, they they went to a local pride event. Four members, four members went to a local pride event. They were there all day between the hours of roughly about 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. So it was pretty much a full day for them. But they went out there all day, four people, and they spoke with somewhere in the range of like 500 people. And I asked them because they were telling people, they said, you know, we're the party that we're the only party that has been um, – that, that has been on board with same-sex marriage since 1971, our founding. And it turns out most people weren't aware of that. And then this, I mean, of all crowds that you would expect to maybe know that information, obviously the crowd at the Pride event, but they weren't aware of that. They also weren't aware that our first presidential candidate, our, our nom, uh, the candidate that we nominated and ran for office was an openly gay man, and he actually received one electoral vote. And that was from Virginia. So the more information that we have available, the more that we put out and talk about our candidates and what's going on, the more that we have to talk to people, whether it's at a pride event or whether you go to a gun show, whether you're just talking to somebody, a friend or a family member, because a lot of people seem to be under the impression that there's not much going on with the Libertarian Party. But that's actually not true. As we pointed out, let me pull that back, right back up here. I mean, take a look at this. Look at the yellow numbers again if you're just tuning in. The yellow numbers represent all the candidates that are running for the Libertarian Party in these states. Over 200 people are running. That's a lot of people running. This is the kind of information that we need. If you're in Florida and somebody says, hey, man, I wish the Libertarian Party would run some candidates, you can say, we're running nine of them. If you're in Texas, you can say, we're running 59 candidates, right? Um, so this is the kind of information that I want to get out. And I'm going to be digging in and trying to find as much information about candidates as I can so that I can present it to you. I'm going to try to find useful information that you can just kind of keep in the back of your mind. And then when you're talking to somebody and you have that opportunity, you can say, hey, actually, you know what? Turns out uh, this is happening or this did happen. For instance, 
I, on Twitter a while back, I made a long post and I talked about it in a previous episode as well. Chase Oliver out of Georgia, he is running and he is a uh, libertarian candidate running for U.S. Senate. And he is trying to get into the debate that's happening on, I believe, October 14th in Savannah, Georgia. And he is running against, and I'll, I'll remember, the, see, I'm trying to remember, it's Warnock and um, Walker. Warnock and Walker uh, are his opponents, the Republican and Democrat candidates. There's going to be a debate. He's been excluded. And when I went and I looked up the information uh, as far as how they decide what candidates will be entered into the debate, it was obscene. They wanted. They said you had to have like a $50,000 war chest. You had to be mentioned by at least eight um, um, what they didn't use the word legitimate, but eight media outlets, like major media outlets or something like that. But they had this long list of requirements and a lot of people will say, well, the libertarian party doesn't matter. The votes don't matter. But if you look in the last governor race, the last governor race in Georgia, um, or I think it was the, I can't remember if it was the Georgia governor race or not, but I know it was Shane Hazel. He was running and the number that he ran, uh, the, 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 the votes that he pulled in would have been the uh, potentially or would have been the deciding factor for that race. In other words, the difference between the Republican and the Democrat candidate was made up by a libertarian candidate. And what that means is had there not been a libertarian candidate, then the likelihood of those votes going to one or the other is high, which means that the that the turnout, the election turnout, um, or the election results would have been different potentially. Um, they would have been different in one of two ways: either the winner would have received more, and it wouldn't have been nearly as close, or the the loser would have actually been the one to win. Same thing happened in Kentucky, I believe, in 2019 when they ran when they had a governor race as well. We were the spoiler. So what we need to have is this information. This is the information that we need to be talking about, especially around election time. We need to be telling people that you're right. The libertarian may not win, but we do influence the, we do influence the outcome in many cases. And if there's a case where you have a Republican and a Democrat who are running neck and neck, then the likelihood that we are going to have an effect on that election is extremely high. So the more information, again, that we have out, the better equipped we are to talk about our party and why people should consider voting for us. Or maybe they, maybe the voters don't vote for us and maybe they continue to vote for the R's and the D's. However, when the R's and the, when the R and D candidates, that sounds kind of weird. When the Republican and Democrat candidates go out and they're trying to win, if they see that they're neck and neck and they see that the libertarians are out in force and that information is out there, then what they are hopefully what they hopefully will do is fight a little bit harder, which basically means that some of our positions will get more notice. And the reason for that is because they're going to want our voters. Uh, if you think of it this way: you've got forty-eight, uh, let's say, let's say forty-nine percent and forty-nine percent are what we've got with the libertarian. I'm sorry, with the Republican and the Democrat candidate. So you have one that has 49% and the other one has 49%. So they're, they're neck and neck, right? And then you have that 2% that um, somewhere between 1% and 2% that the libertarian candidate is likely to get. Well, in order to attract the libertarian candidates, those 
Republican and Democrat candidates are going to have to figure out how to appeal to them in order to take the votes, in order to appeal to libertarians. That means you're going to have to start talking about things that we care about. Right. And so this is the way that we start winning is we win by either taking the election, which is, of course, the best option. But second best would be to say, you know what? We didn't win this election, but we sure as heck made an impact. We forced those candidates to talk about things that are important to us, things that might also be important to American people and just don't get talked about and kind of slid under the rug. So anyway, that's what we've got in store for you folks. Uh, I just wanted to take a brief moment, uh, you know, to kind of kick off the idea of having a Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday episode. When I don't have a candidate on, we're going to be talking about these particular topics. I'll also probably include a bill review. I don't have one today. Um, it took a while to kind of get situated on where am I going to pull this information um, and, and putting it together. Now that I've got it started, it should be easier going forward. So I'll probably in the future have some bill reviews because I, I do like talking about bills. I think that, you know, effectively it's like this, folks. Knowledge is power. The more knowledge that we have, the more information that's out there, the better we are to talk to people and let them know about the party, about our ideas and why they should vote for us. Or why they should vote, why they should force the candidates to talk about things that are important to us. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, I thank you for tuning in um, so early in the morning. And I hopefully, please leave me some feedback. You know, I was trying to kind of figure out, all right, how do I talk all these numbers at 730, 8 o'clock in the morning without being too boring? Like, because, you know, who wants to talk a whole bunch of numbers at 730 in the morning? That sounds crazy. Um, but here I am doing it. So at any rate, uh, thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I do want to tell you that tomorrow I've got James Blake, who is running for the governor uh, for, for governor of Alabama. And then on Thursday, Charles, I hope I get his last name right, Wyckoff, who is running for sheriff of Alabama. So again, tomorrow morning, Wednesday, the 5th, James Blake, governor for Alabama um, for the Libertarian Party. And then Thursday, Charles Wyckoff, who is running for sheriff. I don't have the particular county, but he's running for sheriff in Alabama. Remember, the uh, the uh, part, uh, Libertarian Party of Alabama, I believe, has three people running for different sheriff positions in three different counties. And I believe somebody had left me a comment from the Libertarian Party of Alabama. And I believe they told me that they uh, that their coverage of candidates is across the entire state relatively evenly. So um, good job to you out there in Alabama. And it looks like Florida, we've got some competition. So we're going to have to work really hard to get some candidates out there. Um, you can find other episodes at LibertyDad.com. And you can find the archived video episodes at youtube.libertydad.com. You can also connect with me, Liberty Dad, on Facebook, Liberty Dad Pod on Twitter, or email libertydadpodcast at gmail.com because I would absolutely love to hear from you, even if it's hate mail. Don't worry. I'm a big boy. I can take it. Remember, if you're a champion of liberty, your business is people and your product is liberty. I want you to have a great day. Catch you tomorrow. I'm out.